Hello there. Welcome to this edition of the Suffolk Money podcast supported by Kingsfleet Wealth Chartered Financial Planners. Uh, Today we speak with somebody who has been able to use social media to build a career uh, for many people um, of my age and older. Uh, Instagram is something that we perhaps don't really use or, or understand fully. But for some, uh, this has been the route to market, to find a place where people are interested in what they produce. So perhaps we've seen that in the past with people who are cooking, uh, baking, uh, people who are uh, developing software. Uh, But what about photography? So today's uh, guest is Sharon Cudworth, and we'll be speaking with Sharon about how she developed her business uh, from something which was an enjoyable hobby. Sharon, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. We'll work through what you do now for a living in in a few moments, but just talk us through your initial career. Uh, What did you start doing, say, when you left school? So when I left school, I wanted to be a midwife and um, I applied three times and was rejected each time. It was such a difficult career to get into and it was um, something that was always there and I actually worked a a variety of jobs in health and social care um, over the next sort of 10 years and I had my children quite young as well. And when I was pregnant with my third daughter, I decided that I would give it one more try because I was so passionate about being a midwife. And I just felt like if I don't, if this doesn't happen, then I'm going to give up on it. And lo and behold, I was accepted. So I've been a midwife now for um, a decade. And interestingly, just being a full time midwife and having my girls, I started to use Instagram in around 2013 and found that I was kind of just photographing them and my life I think Instagram was quite new around that time um, so, so for those uninitiated like me just talk me talk us through Instagram because all I just see is pictures just everywhere of everybody doing all sorts of different things and I have to admit I'm not on Instagram just because I'm very easily distracted and I think I could easily just spend my time looking at pictures. But it is exactly that so the concept changed from Facebook and Instagram came in and it is a visual app and it's just pretty much photos and it was it was quite nice because you can document your life without having to write things and update statuses um, which had kind of started to become something that Um, annoyed people a little bit so it was lovely that you could just capture that and capture those parts of life whatever it was because obviously people use Instagram for so many different subjects but for me it was about my daughters and my lifestyle and and just and and actually I found that I was quite creative and I didn't realize that I was just you know working my job as a midwife and I didn't realize I had any kind of creative bone in my body to be honest so so again just just sorry to interrupt you I was just describe that a little bit more when you say you were creative or you were taking pictures of your family and your lifestyle obviously we're doing this through the medium of sound it's quite difficult to describe um, necessarily a picture but what what would you have done in that situation so it was just trying to use light in different ways, different perspectives, um, 
in, encapsulating beautiful things like the scene that they were in. Um, it wasn't just taking photos of my children because of course lots of parents do that we all do that but it was about having an aesthetically pleasing grid so I would be looking at um, the scene that they were in and just photos of different perspectives and and just really capturing the beauty of it really and I found myself getting lots of followers and lots of people saying oh really loving your work and I was thinking well I'm just like taking photos of my children and it was then that I received um, a message or an email, I can't remember now, because this was back in 2014 from Instagram Direct, um, <clears throat> saying to me that they absolutely loved my Instagram account and that they wanted to do a feature for Mother's Day in the UK. And I thought, wow, you know, I was actually really um, overwhelmed because I just thought, you know, I'm just taking photos of my children. But of course, I jumped at the chance because I thought it would be an amazing opportunity. And I, and I was obviously just really pleased that, that that was something that they wanted to kind of feature me for. And so I got in, um, invited down to the Instagram hub in London, which was an amazing experience. And interviewed what, what, what's that like? Oh, you've just got this image of it. It's a bit like Google stuff with slides and indoor putting greens and things. Well, because it's a tech company. But what, what's it like? What's that all about? It was fine. It, it was, you know, it was, it wasn't anything that I pictured in my head, really. It was it, literally having a chat with a la the lady that had contacted me um, and just kind of, you know, really kind of her doing the same thing, sort of talking about how I came to have this grid and these photos of my children um, and what kind of made me think about it. So it was, it was really lovely just to kind of talk about, um, how it started and and how it became like this and of course what I didn't expect though is that when they did the feature which was included some of the photos there was a particular photo that I'd taken of my daughter holding some flowers and I think because of the concept of Mother's Day being about giving flowers on Mother's Day that was why they'd found that photo and I think they'd possibly found it from a hashtag as well so obviously hashtags are very important in terms of using things like Instagram because it's only visual so people and this is for businesses and things as well so I was discovered from a hashtag that I think I perhaps had used Mother's Day UK or something and so this feature went out and it went on their their Instagram page and they have something ridiculous like 200 million followers I don't know actually I haven't looked but they have a I mean Instagram it's Instagram and my photo and my kind of wording you know my interview had gone and you could then click on through to the actual um interview the blog on their website and I think I went from something like 700 followers which at the time I remember thinking this is amazing to around 90,000 followers um, overnight and loads and loads of people messaging me and saying oh my goodness this is like crazy and so I had my little five minutes of fame which was which was I don't know it's a bit of a mixed bag because at the t at first I just thought it was amazing and then actually the reality of it was was that my account was open and I had lots of lots of people looking at it and of course they were photos of my children and then I was having I was being bombarded by companies that were wanting me to collaborate with them and and at first like this is back before the day of influencers that you know there's all influencers now and they're all doing these ads and they have to be 
quite particular on that. Um, but at first I, I was saying yes, but then I found myself photographing things for companies that they were giving to me that meant that it wasn't me that I was doing it anymore. I was taking, I was being directed and it felt, it just felt um, a bit contrived. So I just felt that that wasn't really me. But what I did realize was that actually I was quite good at photography. And I thought to myself, actually, why don't I venture into, um, I think that Christmas, my husband had bought me a, my first DSLR. So my first digital camera, because prior to that, I was using a mobile phone. Um, and so I, I thought I want to take this further. I actually quite enjoy photography and the technical side of it. And I was searching YouTube videos and I was just learning the exposure triangle and wanting to push it further and further. And I just became, I think I'd done my midwifery degree and because I wasn't studying anymore, for me, I was like, I need some more. I need to, I love learning. And um, I found myself suddenly, you know, I was working night shifts and then on my date, because midwifery shifts are 12 and a half hours, you can do your full-time hours across three days, which then essentially you have three or four days often to recover. But I found myself on those days having some time and that was what I started to do. Um, so I started photographing friends and family and taking it a little bit further. And everybody was like, oh, can you photograph us? Can you photograph us? And it literally just started from there. So, so I'm just interested in this sort of, um, so, so Instagram getting in touch with you, you're, sort of, you're given this huge amount of exposure online. And then initially, you were approached by companies to work with them. And you did that for what a number of weeks or months? And yeah, not long at all. Not it, long until you realised it was just you lost control. I didn't like it. It didn't, it didn't feel right to me. I was sent some, some free things and, you know, homewares and, and personal things like some clothes and watches. And I remember taking a photo, a beautiful watch, um, in some um, some reeds in the in like a really natural scene. And I thought, I'm taking a photo of an arm in a what in in a field. And I'm like, this is just not me. You know, yes, I've got a free watch, and they've offered me a hundred pounds to do it, but it just wasn't me at all. And I just felt like my gallery was starting to look like something that was being controlled, and it wasn't something that was in my mind and mm. it, it yeah it that didn't last very long at all in fact I stopped using Instagram for a little while because um I I felt like I lost my way a little bit mm. because of that because I it was it was really difficult concept to get my head around thinking that actually people were starting to become influencers and you know companies were using people with with a large following to get their products out to being advertised um, and photographed and it just didn't sit right it just wasn't something that I liked at all so so it sounds like your engagement with it is really capturing the people who are the subjects of your photos absolutely yeah so for me it was yeah products products and things like that just didn't have that same level of emotion and interestingly the likes on those images were a lot less than my images where it would be you know connections of people and that is something that I, still today is the main thing that I do it is about interactions and emotion 
and all of that. So how did you go, sorry, you had started that when I interrupted you, I'm sorry about that, but so how did you then go to say to yourself, right, okay, I'm going to carry on the midwifery career, but what I'm going to try and do is use the rest of my time to um, to develop a, a business that runs alongside that. So I started with um, just children and families, um, which was quite easy to manage, to be honest, working full time. Um, I, I didn't have a website then. I think I started a Facebook page, but um, it's just slowly grown bigger and bigger. And then when I had time, I then built a website myself. And I think if I remember correctly, it was a colleague from work who'd asked me if I would photograph. That's right. So I had been doing um, families and children shoots for a, about a year and then a colleague at work said to me would you be interested in coming over to the south of France and photographing my wedding and I was like um let me think about that let me think about that um it would it was obviously I hadn't done a wedding before so it was done purely on a sort of expenses paid only kind of thing but I would then go and spend the day and I knew her personally um, and obviously it was a beautiful setting. It was in Dodoin and the photos were just amazing. When I look back, I only had one camera and I kind of think to myself, what would happen if that camera had have had a fault on it? And that's what I sometimes worry about when people come into this career, because it's all about, you know, backups. And there's so much, there's so much to um, think about making sure that you've got enough sort of security and backups for everything when it comes to weddings. But I look back on it now and I shudder a little bit. But of course, I went out and I was just relishing in the fact that I was in the south of France taking photos of this beautiful wedding. And I came back and I posted it on Facebook. And I think off the back of it, I booked seven weddings off it because I'd posted a wedding and it was amazing. So I suddenly found myself becoming, oh, OK, I think I'm going to venture into weddings now without even realising it. And I had a wobble again, I'll be honest. I remember um, shooting, I think, my second or third wedding in the UK. And it was a whole different story to shooting in the south of France, where you've got beautiful light all day. The venue was light all day. Well, in the UK, it's not quite the same mm. as that. You can be in August and have an awful rainy day that rains all day long. And if you've got a venue where you have to go inside, at that stage, you know, I'm talking six years ago, I hadn't even ventured into flash photography or lighting and I didn't, oh, I didn't have the experience. And I just thought, and, and the, the pressure for a wedding is so much. There's no, can we do that again? You know, that confetti shot and that first kiss and that all of those um, kind of moments of a day, you get one chance to do it, one chance. And so I remember having a wobble on my second or third wedding and, and I thought, no, 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 I'm not doing this. I'm not doing weddings. This is far too much pressure. And I kind of, yeah, I was thinking I'm not going to do it. But I think that was something that I overcame um, just through, I don't know, I can't remember, maybe pep talks or perhaps going and working with some other photographers or something. But I obviously over, overcame that um, because obviously now I'm sort of shooting 50 weddings a year which is just bonkers yeah amazing amazing and that's all through word of mouth and obviously what people see online yeah it's just built up year after year um of course there's now I've got a website which I've had now for a good few years and 
I, I think primarily, though, I think what you said, it is word of mouth. Most um, inquiries come through our referrals. Um, you know, often it's so lovely when somebody messages me saying, we met you um, two years ago at so-and-so's wedding and you actually came and spoke to us and said, hello, would we like a photo as a couple? And it's our favourite picture and it's on our... And that's so lovely because I, I don't remember them. Obviously, they were a guest of 100 people at one of the weddings that I photographed, but it, it obviously meant a lot. And that's something that I actually get quite a lot. It's really nice to sort of read. And for those who are perhaps wanting to look at your work, it's SharonCudworthPhotography.com. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got that up in front of me. So the pictures on there are absolutely amazing. So you obviously started with families and children, weddings, and then you've moved on to various other forms of photography as well. Um, I, I, I would say primarily um, weddings are my main um, sort of genre of photography. I do occasionally do some commercial photography for local companies. Um, but when they inquire with me, I do try and sort of steer them towards it is still lifestyle, naturally led. And actually they quite like that concept. Like, I think when you think about corporate headshots, of course there are companies that want that. But when I say to them, do you mind, would you be open to me kind of, you know, going more along the side of, can we keep it really lifestyle led? Can we keep it really natural looking? Because actually clients, particularly if they're looking at your business and your brand, they want to feel like it's more something approachable and something that's, you know, relaxing to them, depending, again, depending on what, what, what the actual company is. Um, but actually, they've that, that's been something that a lot of them have said, yeah, let's go for that. And that's been really good as well. So um, I've been able to kind of bring my approach into their businesses. And that's been great. That's been really kind of interesting to kind of um, be creative with it. Amazing. Yeah, incredible stuff. So uh, talk us through the weddings then, because I guess people might now be thinking, oh, well, you've got digital camera now, I don't even need to develop, you know, you just stand around taking shots of people, taking pictures. Um, wow, must be quite straightforward, must be easy, it's all done in a day. Talk us through what actually is involved with a, with a wedding photography session. I actually really love that because um, I've, I've often had um, sort of people come up to me at weddings and say to me, God, you've been taking pictures all day. And, you know, they'll remind me that when they got married, that they had 20 photos in black and white only. And that was all they had for their wedding. And it's crazy. I find it really fascinating to listen to. Um, and it would literally be like one photo during the ceremony and one family photo outside the church and one photo with the vehicle. And it was it was it's so interesting how photography has changed over the years, because you're right, we do. I mean, I can take a good couple of thousand images on a wedding day um, and there are lots of them. So part of the process after that is culling the photos. So culling would be, you know, obviously there's often duplicates. Nowadays, people don't want to have a photo of, you know, somebody's eyes closed and, and all of that. So for me, the first process is culling through them and getting them down to the standard so that when they get their finalized gallery, it is beautiful. Now I do always tell couples as well, there's going to be photos in there that you may not like of yourself because we are in a bit of a culture of taking selfies and we hope people hold their, phones from above and all of that and of course 
when you're doing a real belly laugh or you're crying, we're not always pulling a face that we particularly love. But I say to them, you might not like them at the time when you see them. Um, but within time, people tell me they're their best photos they've ever had because it's those moments and all of that. And that's part of my job to capture that. Um, I want to put in all of the emotions, everything that's there. So then once I've culled them, it then goes down to the editing process, which of course is the thing that probably takes more time than anything else. The wedding day is the day, the culling is another day. The editing process is probably, it can vary depending on the weather on the day, how long it was, how many guests they had. There's, there's lots of sort of variants that, that can take the time for that. But um, generally I can spend a good week. It's a good 40 hours editing really, just for like a nice kind of ballpoint to spend on it. It's, it's the light in the UK, which I've already touched on being one minute it's sunny, the next minute it's, behind, it's overcast. And to be a good wedding photographer and to give a, a good gallery, you want consistency. You don't want to have a gallery that's where you've got some images in a frame and they all look completely different. So it's that consistency and that's part of the editing process and making sure that you give, yeah, a really lovely flow of the day that, that starts from bridal prep in the morning and obviously the bride getting ready, all of her, I'm, I'm a love for details. Like I photograph, I, I always ask my brides to make sure that they've got anything out, like even an invitation and their shoes and their jewelry. I want to capture it all in, in a bit of a flat lay. And they love that because not everybody does that. And it's something that they can kind of look back on as part of their journey. And yeah, all the way through till sort of the evening. It's a full on day. It's a really busy day, but I love it. And it's just the best. So what do, I must ask this, we're, we're speaking at the beginning of February. Um, uh, there must be some quieter months. Uh, do you just use that opportunity to recharge the batteries as in you rather than the batteries you use in the, the <laughs> camera? Uh, you, or, um, or, or is there preparation work that you do during the winter or how, how does your year pan out? So yeah, definitely wedding season is mostly between sort of April and October. Um, those are the months that I generally wouldn't do anything else. Um, so my midwifery hours tend to not be across those months at all, um, which is the beauty of um, how I've moved on from that in that I have a zero hour contract so I can work the hours that, that kind of fits around my photography now. Um, so I tend to do more midwifery in the winter so and weddings in the summertime um in the downtime over the winter like you've just said it's a lot of kind of blogging and preparing for the next year i have winter weddings i had three winter weddings in december i've had a couple of weddings i've had a wedding this month i've got one this month and last month um but yeah it's it's a lot sort of slower pace um so I'm, i've got some weekends to myself which is amazing um, and of course, I still do newborns and um, family shoots as well. So at the moment, I've had probably seven newborns this month, um, which has been pretty busy as well. But um, <laughs> yeah, so when yeah. people are due in the summertime, I'm like, I'm really sorry. But yeah, <laughs> much been... harder for you to, to manage. Yeah, definitely. And, and I guess there was probably a period where you know there weren't 
any weddings going on or it was significantly restricted did that have an impact on the business um it did obviously weddings were completely off during 2020 and it was i mean i did a couple of sort of we called them covid weddings so couples that were still quite sort of strong about going proceeding with a wedding that would have perhaps 15 guests or less because of certain circumstances within their family so I had a handful of those which was actually really lovely to photograph they didn't want to wait um, often they had um, family circumstances that meant that they just didn't want to um, and of course during Covid times that was even more pressing so um, it was tough in terms of all of the postponements um, I know lots of my colleague photographers have struggled in that year of course for me I went back and worked almost full-time as a midwife because I had I just it was something that I didn't ever want to let go and I'm so glad that I didn't because I was able to then go and work full-time which they equally also appreciated because a lot of staff sickness that I was able to cover um, so it was a good two-way thing that worked for us both and then the impact that it's had in 21 is that so many couples, you know, when I'm when I'm talking the numbers that I do in terms of weddings, and then they postponed into 21, I had a huge number of weddings last year where I had other photographers working for me to associate some of the weddings. So some, some weekends I had, I was shooting two weddings, I had another photographer shooting two other weddings, which then meant I had four weddings to edit from just one weekend. And it was just a rat race. It was relentless. I just felt like last year was really, I felt like last year was tougher than 2020 with mm. no weddings because essentially I was doing two years worth of work um, last year because of course I can't let any of my couples down. These couples have postponed three or four times and I wanted to support them through that, but it meant a huge knock-on effect. But to be honest, everybody was amazing. I, it meant that my turnaround times for editing the galleries would be extended from perhaps six weeks through to eight or 10 weeks, but nobody minded it because it meant that I could still do their wedding and I could still, you know, I wouldn't have to kind of pass the job over to somebody else as such. Um, so it was fine. I mean, 22 is still a little bit of backlog. There are some couples that didn't want to even stay in 21 and some couples decided to sneak a little baby in so they had to um, <laughs> push back to 22 so I have still got some weddings this year that perhaps couples booked me a good couple of years ago so it's another busy one this year. The amazing thing is that you're capturing people uh, and uh, um, again we when we talked prior to this we talked a lot about when I got married it was very sort of staged uh, all the wedding photos were quite formal mm -hmm. and yet you were telling me <laughs> bringing me up to date that that isn't really uh, <laughs> what what you know you're focusing on these days you're trying to capture natural environments or people as they really are and and therefore you're able to catch people um being themselves that seems to be a real focus on everything that you do Absolutely. Most people actually, when they inquire with me, they say to me that they feel uncomfortable. Most people, to be honest, don't feel overly comfortable having their photo taken. I think that whole posed concept um, can make you feel a bit awkward. Um, and so the majority of my wedding 
approach would be naturally led, completely documentary style. I just literally am capturing it moments as they happen. Um, there's, I, I can be just in the background, not really kind of, and they, that's the beauty of it. So when they get the gallery, quite often they have no idea that half of these things have happened because it's not always of the bride and groom or sometimes if the bride is on her own or the groom is on his own, it's amazing. They're looking back on this story of their day and sometimes it's the first time they've seen these moments and that's such a lovely thing to, to give to a couple. Um, because I mean, I love shooting. I, I take, I, I give huge galleries, you know, hundreds and hundreds of, of images, completely the opposite to what used to be. So I even love looking through them and I'm like, that's amazing. And it's so funny. And there's just so many moments. And, you know, even during speeches and things, I'm listening out for somebody that might be laughing or crying. And that's in the, that's, that's my, you know, I'm listening skills. I'm trying to work out who can I capture? And I don't want, and I use a long lens then so that they have no idea that I'm even taking a photo of them. So they're the moments that people love because, you know, they're slowly wiping a tear away or they're laughing their head off. And it's just, it just builds that, that kind of memory. So when you remember that speech, um, especially if they've had a videographer as well, sometimes I work with um, videographers and that kind of they work hand in hand together but if they haven't had a videographer then that is that is all they've got those images and that can be more emotive sometimes than than actually hearing it and that must be very powerful because there are times when uh, people aren't with us for long after weddings um and i'm sure there are situations that you've gone through where having those memories is just really really precious to people Absolutely. And yeah, that reminds me of um, a time when I was um, messaged to say that, unfortunately, a lady, quite a young lady, um, had been diagnosed with terminal cancer and her dream was to get married. And they wanted to rally around and sort of organise this wedding for her within literally a couple of weeks. And would I be interested in, in coming along to do it? Um, they had heard that I was a midwife as well. And I think that they knew that it was going to be quite a difficult day. Um, and of course, I, I was a bit worried about how emotionally charging and difficult it would be. Um, but I absolutely said yes. And, and I was more than happy to be part of that day. And it was a, it was a difficult day. And I do remember at stages having some tears while I was taking some photos. It was, it was really difficult. And the family were just wonderful and it was, it was just beautiful. And I remember thinking I needed to prioritize their gallery because of course we just didn't know how long she would have. And it was probably around nine days later after the wedding and I had started on the gallery, but her new husband had said that she had deteriorated and could I send over anything? And I remember thinking, I can't send over. It's a bit like you can't just send over a snapshot. Of, they'd had they'd had a couple of sneak peeks. I send sneak peeks with every couple, but I couldn't just send this gallery that just halts halfway through. And I couldn't sleep. It was something that was just playing on my mind. There was no way I could go to bed. So I sat up all night and worked all the way through the night to get this gallery done. And I was able to send over the gallery the next morning and they couldn't believe it and they were so happy that I'd turned this gallery around so quickly and I went and got some um, images printed as well 
and they told me that she'd just been transferred over to the um, St Elizabeth Hospice and I said would would it be okay if I went to see her and they were they said absolutely and I remember walking through the the tranquil garden outside and I wasn't familiar with the garden but she was sitting in the hut with her nurse and a couple of um, family members and she sort of took one look at me and I remember her looking at me because she'd obviously remembered but not she couldn't quite because of course it had been just over two weeks before and I suppose she was seeing lots of people at the time and she said that's my wedding photographer what's she doing here and I walked over to her and handed her these prints and of course to 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 see the actual prints, you know, digitally, it's lovely to see things on the computer, but I know the difference between when you hand over some actual, you know, physical prints and I printed them big and she, she cried and I cried and her nurses cried. It was such an emotional and just amazing time. And it felt really lovely to be part of it. And unfortunately she did die a few days after that. And her family are just so lovely and they've kept in touch with me and, um, it just it just felt like yeah a tough thing to do but also just a really beautiful part of somebody's really difficult journey so mm. are there any, any other situations where um, people have that in mind of dare I say the brevity of life and the importance then of capturing important events yeah so there's a charity um called Something to Look Forward to um, that work with families affected by cancer. Um, they are a UK based company and they approached me and asked if I would be interested in working with, with them. So um, I now volunteer a shoot every year to work with families. Also in my job as a midwife, of course, there are times where um, unfortunately not all sort of circumstances are a positive outcome. And when I've worked with families that have been affected by stillbirth, um, I have let them know that I'm also a photographer. And um, it's been really lovely that families that I've kind of looked after from a, being a professional midwife, I've then gone back and they've, they've always said yes. I've gone back in at the next day and I've photographed them as a family. Um, and that's obviously such a sad thing to do, um, but it's also been really rewarding to be able to, and they've, they've, they obviously, they don't know that I'm a photographer as well, but it's just been so lovely that I can do that. Um, the hospital has a clinical photographer that will come in and do a couple of photos, but I kind of, I still do my lifestyle approach to those kind of photo shoots. There's a, um, a room at the hospital um, that's kind of specifically for that and the light in there is beautiful and families just love it so it's really nice that that I've been able to do that over my kind of you know bringing both jobs together which has just been so lovely. Yeah again uh, so it is a difficult issue to discuss um, and talk through but I guess there is at least some memory that that families can have of, of that that child and you know that's a still a loved child um that that perhaps in in years previously that that wasn't seen as being helpful but i think for families it it it, it is from what i understand oh i completely agree with you um we we definitely try and encourage families to have photos even if they don't feel comfortable enough having photos as a family um, sometimes and there are some religions that and cultures that 
that don't always want those photos but we say to them even if we pop them in the notes and it's something most people within time like you say will actually find it a comfort to go back to those photos and I think you know we talk about photos but they are memories and that they are sometimes the only thing that you've got left after circumstances like that we're talking about if that is the only memory that you've got a photo becomes more than just a photo it is the one thing that you kind of keep hold of yeah it's very very hard and not maybe something that we've got the capacity or the depth or the time to be able to discuss in full um this morning but i'm sure it's a huge help for for those who go through such a dreadful trauma yeah um so uh, what how can you progress from here then sharon i'll just sort of see i'm imagining your diary being fully booked um between april and october and you're doing this incredible work of of offering time out you know where you can um the circumstances where there's there's a need to capture things on on film, but um, you know, how how do you cope with with this, and what 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 do you see your business looking like in the future? Um, I don't know. It's really difficult because, like you say, I mean, I'm I'm pretty I'm fully booked for twenty two. Um, I'm probably about seventy percent booked for twenty three. People book their weddings so early. It's it's lovely from my perspective because I can see that you know the projections for for the next year and the year after and I'm now taking a few bookings for 24 um, which is I've had an inquiry for 25 but I'm not not quite ready to book that far ahead um, but it's it's nice to kind of know you know and also manage my time better um, because like when I talk about last year, I didn't have a very good work-life balance at all, and um, particularly with having three daughters. So when I look forward to 23, I don't want to have three weddings back to back because you know, I'm traveling from between Suffolk and Norfolk and Essex, and sometimes I'm traveling to the Cotswolds or the Lake District, and that's amazing. But I have to, when I'm taking on these weddings, which are amazing to be asked to do, um, of course you know that can have an impact on on other weddings that I take so local weddings I can do um, a few back-to-back -back weddings but you know I'm going to Tuscany this year I'm shooting a wedding in in Italy which is amazing because I've never even been there um, I generally do one or two destination weddings each year um, because it does may, mean that I'm blocking off some time um, but it's amazing to be able to see the world as part of this job is is incredible um, so I think in terms of going forwards, um, I probably want to take less weddings um, just because it feel not 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 in terms of like reducing reducing it, but not working to the level of doubling up like on COVID times. I think maybe around 35 weddings is a nice sort of amount to have per year, which gives me the time to do everything else rather than me kind of feeling like I'm struggling to do everything else. Um, and I also think about perhaps, you know, lots of people message me, new photographers asking if I would do mentoring. And I've done a little bit of that before, but that might be something, you know, within time that I could perhaps go into um, the sort of education side of photography as well. Because um, it, it, it's great. There's always new photographers that are coming into kind of the industry. And actually, I had um, lovely lady Holly message me last year and 
she said to me, oh my goodness, you know, you're my inspiration. I really want to be a wedding photographer like you. And I've started doing children and families and I've been reading about you. And she said to me, is there any chance that I could come with you on some weddings? And I was like, actually, let me speak to some couples and see if that would be okay with them. And Holly's actually come with me on probably seven or eight weddings in the last um, few months. Um, which has been really lovely because um, the couples don't have to pay any additional to having her. She's learning from me on the job. She's also able to capture some moments and some candid photos. People love the candid photos. So, you know, she's coming along and it's and, and she's kind of, you know, helping me as well on, on a busy day. And it's 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 a win win for all of us. And it's been great. So, you know, I know some photographers don't allow that to happen because ultimately you're training up a competition that could potentially <laughs> she's potentially going to be because she's amazing at what she does. But, you know, it's all about, you know, showing that positivity and we've become really good friends and she's already messaged saying, can I can I join you for some more this year just to get that experience? And um, yeah, it's it's been really lovely to kind of. There's only so much of you and your time, isn't there? So even if someone was competition, yeah. You've, you've only got so many weekends in a year that you can exactly. fill. You, you can't do any more than that. No, so it, it sounds like you're recognising where your limits have to have to stay because you've got a family too. And as you said, they're all crucially important. Definitely. Yeah. So none of your daughters are looking like joining the family business at this stage? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I think when you're a, photog a photographer's child, um, it's really funny because... Where, my, where that was, you know, obviously how, when we go back to my photography career and how it started, and I used to photograph them when they were little, as they got older, they became sort of, you know, almost like, don't take photos of us anymore. So on the very rare occasion, because I do say to them, you know, I'm photographing families all the time. We're not actually having any photos of us as a family. So myself and my husband and the three girls, we, um, my lovely friend, Anna, who works, she's a wedding photographer as well, based in Suffolk. So we, we take photos of each family. Um, we try and do it yearly. Sometimes it's every other year. Um, and yeah, my girls are sometimes, they've sort of grown now at the, the, the kind of prospect of having photos because they're teenagers and they're like, oh, do we have to? But um, yeah, they don't have any interest in helping me to be a photographer at all. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Well, that's been fantastic just finding out about the work that you're doing and, uh, and and the busy year that you have ahead. So I'm glad that we caught you in February before all of that starts. Yes, definitely. I'm looking so, uh, forward to it. <laughs> I hope it goes really well for you. Um, hope that we don't have any more delays or deferments. I feel so much for those couples who've held on and held on. And I trust that they're able to have absolutely fantastic events this year and that you'll capture them all perfectly, which I'm sure you will. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time, Sharon. It's been lovely speaking with you. You too. So thank you so much to Sharon for telling us about her amazing story of moving from a career that she absolutely loves and still continues in midwifery uh, to be able to spend her time doing something else that she loves just as much being able to spend time with people taking pictures and images of them in important times in their lives, particularly weddings. Um, I'm sure she's going to have a very busy 2022 and we wish Sharon all the very best with that. 
So thank you very much for listening to today's episode of the Suffolk Money Podcast. I'm indebted, as always, uh, to the team who supports me with all of this, uh, to Joy Day, to Sally Birch, and to Kevin Birch for all their work behind the scenes in making sure that our guests are lined up and ready and that uh, everything is edited appropriately. Thank you too for the support for Kingsfleet Wealth for all that they are doing in supporting us provide this podcast to you. We hope that you'll be able to join us again. Please ensure that you like and subscribe so that you're always aware of when a new edition is published. And we trust that uh, you'll join us next time on the Suffolk Money Podcast. Thanks for joining us.